everybody doing good here? Live in person. For those of you online, we hope that you're having a, a great week too. Woo. Can you do me a favor real quick? Turn to the person next to you. And if you're at home, uh, I want to say this to you online. Turn to the person next to you and tell them this. You are loved. All right. You know, when we say, you know when we're singing reckless love, that's a reminder that we are loved by God through Jesus. And just that right there, that's just an amazing, amazing truth that we get to hold on to. And that's, you know what's amazing is that the love of Jesus isn't just meant to be in this room. It's not just meant to be out there online, wherever you may be. It's meant for each and every one of us. And so right now, as we pray for our tithes and offerings, that's what we're praying for. We're praying that as we give God our tithes and offerings, he takes it and he multiplies it so that more and more people will get to know his love. So would you join me as we pray for our tithes and offerings tonight? Lord Jesus, we come before you. And Lord, we are so grateful that you say to us that we are loved. That we sang, Lord, that your love never ends. It overwhelms us no matter what may be going on in our lives. That your love is never failing. And Lord, this world needs to know your love. And so as we, as we give you our tithes and offerings, Lord, we trust in you knowing that because you love not just us, but each and every person on this earth, that Lord, you're going to use it so that they would come to experience you and all the love that you have for them. And Lord, would you bless the hearts of those who give and let them know that what they're doing right now is partnering with you to reach somebody for all of eternity. And so, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen. Now, those are the four ways that you can give. And for those of you online, we also, uh, for those of you here live in person, we also have our tithes and offering boxes located in the back of our sanctuary. Now, tonight, we have a special treat because we have Pastor Jonathan, and I've grown up with Pastor Jonathan. I've, I've, I remember, uh, where's he at? Pastor Jonathan, I remember calling your phone when I was young. And Pastor Jonathan, every single time on his voicemail, every single week, he had a new joke of the week. And I love that. And so I can't, I can't wait to uh, hear what he has to say as he brings the word about vision and how well the Lord is the best vision for our lives. Can you give it up for Pastor Jonathan tonight? Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, tonight, I have a message entitled, Be Thou My Vision. And I don't know if you guys remember, it's an old Celtic hymn that was written like in the 12th or 14th century, long time ago. But it talks about God being your vision. You know, one of the things that reminds me that I'm getting older is that my vision is slowly beginning to decline. When I was, in my, when I was a kid growing up, I had 20-20 vision, but around my 20s, I had a hard time seeing a sign far away, and I got some glasses. In my 40s, I was having a hard time read print, so I'd be like, you know, like this, so I got bifocals. But, you know, even though I have these visual prime, what helps me is, like, my notes is like 16 point because I get a hard time seeing, and I have the large, large print Bible. But a couple weeks, a couple months ago, I took my kids to Kona. We went to a condo. And I chose this condo because it was right next to the cliff. So me and my, my son, we could go kakele, we could go fishing for Mempachi. So the first night, 
Um, my son and I are down there. And, and my little daughter, Emily, she's, she's right up here on the balcony. So every 10 minutes, she'd pop out and say, hi, daddy. And I'd turn around and I'd say, hi, baby girl. You know, and just fishing. That was so cool. But we had moved. After about half an hour, we moved about 100 feet to the right. And we was whipping, whipping, whipping. And I turned around, and I saw somebody up on the balcony. So I said, hi, baby girl. <laughs> but, but was one tourist. It was, was, was a completely different condo. Oh, my gosh. And so my son told me, Dad, what you doing? That's not even our condo. So with my quick wit, I said, I was just trying to share the Aloha Spirit song, you know? I, the second time this happened to me recently was that I, I work as a case manager and I bought a phone for one of my elderly senior citizen clients. And, um, you know, for those guys, they prefer the flip phone because it's simple, yeah? So I, I got the flip phone from Cricket Wireless and I went home and, and you know, I set them up and I was so happy, excited to give it to my client. So, but as I was fixing the thing and setting it up, I noticed that the outside display was different from the inside display. So we can show a picture of that phone. Yeah, so was, was that outside display only showed 10 o'clock. And inside was 7.30, whatever, you know. So I was all, I was kind of annoyed that I bought a brand new phone. I went to Cricket Wireless the next day, and I was ready for just gas them and tell them, you know, what you guys doing selling me one junk phone like this brand new thing? So I go over there, I enter, there's this woman, this manager, I explain to her my problem, and she just kind of looks at me with this kind of confused, dumbfounded look on her face. And I said, so she finally, she says, uncle, that never sit right with me. She called me uncle. I was like, I could be her older brother, not her uncle. But she called me uncle. And she said, uncle, you got to peel the sticker off to show, to show the next picture. If you could show the next picture, you <laughs> peel the sticker off. Oh, my gosh. I was so embarrassed. Oh, that was the most embarrassed I ever was. But sometimes our vision gets kind of jaded, gets unclear. Sometimes it's hard to focus. So tonight we're going to be talking about biblical vision, which is nothing to do with your physical sight. You see, biblical vision is actually, the definition of this is, it is derived from the Greek word opatsia, opatsia. This Greek word means the act of exhibiting oneself to view. Vision is a revelation, understanding, and knowledge of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the person of the Holy Spirit. Vision is mentioned hundreds of times in the Bible. And when it's mentioned, it's, it's actually talking about the revelation or God revealing himself to us. So that's what revelation. So tonight, we're going to use the word vision, but it's going to be interchangeable because what it really means is the revelation of God. My goal for this evening and my hope and my prayer this whole week is that Jesus Christ would reveal himself to you guys tonight. And 
that we would understand how important it is to have vision and how to improve our vision. Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come here and, and, and reveal your knowledge, your truth to us. Begin to soften our hearts, Lord God, so that your word, your truth may be deposited in our hearts this evening. We welcome you here. We know you are here. So reveal yourself to us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. One of the most prominent scriptures in the Bible that talks about vision and is often talked about vision is kind of misunderstood. So I want to clear that up. It's from Proverbs 29, 18. It says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know, this scripture, vision, has nothing to do with, oh, my one-year, three-year, ten-year goals. It has nothing to do with that. Okay? Vision in this context in the Bible is talking about how if we don't have a daily understanding of Jesus Christ, if we don't have that daily experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ in our daily life, then we're going to be in trouble. You know, um, last Thursday was a really, really strange day for me. Um, the night before, Wednesday night, I forgot to set my alarm. So the next day, I, uh, you know, I woke up late. My son woke me up and got ready fast, took the kids to school, went straight to work, client to client, just nonstop busy. Okay? And around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I started to feel it. I was like, I was like, Annoyed, I was irritated, I was short, I was frustrated. Things that normally wouldn't bother me started to bother me. And I didn't realize that throughout the duration of the day, you know, I had not spent the time with the Lord when I normally meet with, met with him in the morning. I forgot, I was rushed. So I went home in the afternoon and the first thing I did was straight to the word and I did the devotions and I felt centered again because I was able to receive the revelation of what he wanted to tell me. You know, I tell you, and just being brutally honest with everybody here, you come Wednesday, come Sunday, it's great, it's awesome, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Every day we must go to the Lord and receive this fresh vision and revelation from him. Even, it's a, even if it's a small little thing, even if it's one word of one verse, love, that's Jesus revealing himself to you on that day. And that'll sustain you. That'll nourish your soul for the day ahead. Let's look at uh, the next scripture. It says, second, it's in 2 Corinthians 4.18. Okay? So we do not look at the troubles we can see now Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So you may be thinking, well, Jonathan, what if 
Things are so dark for me that I cannot even see anything. That, that I cannot even see one inch in front of my hand because everything is so chaotic, so dark. I get so many problems. Okay? God is giving us instruction or revelation on what to do when your sight is blind, when you cannot see, when it's so dark. And it says to gaze on the things that cannot be seen, the invisible things. So what do you mean by that, Jonathan? Well, if you are looking at, if what you are looking at can only be seen with your eyes and felt with your emotion, then you are not seeing all that there is to be seen. That doesn't make sense, but it does, okay? In other words, if everything that you are going through and you're only focusing on that which is percepted by your five senses, then you're not seeing everything, brother. Because what God is saying is we must fix our eyes, focus our hearts on the things that cannot be seen. The invisible things, heaven, God on his throne in all his glory. Yeah, we can't see that right now, but we fix our gaze upon those things. Earlier tonight, we were worshiping. We were worshiping God. Some of, most of us come in here every, every Wednesday. Our life's not perfect. We all get baggage. We all get problems. But when we worship, okay, this is what happened. You're doing 2 Corinthians 4.18 when you worship because you are now focusing on the invisible Christ, the Holy Spirit, the presence of that we cannot see, but yet we know he is here, you know? And so that's what it means to fix your eyes on the things you cannot see rather than focus on your problems and the despair that you're experiencing in the visible physical world. Set your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says this, that we must fix our gaze upon who? Jesus. We fix our gaze upon Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who started your faith, and he's the one that will perfect it every day. Let's look at Psalms 23:4. Okay? It says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. David wrote this song, Psalm. He wrote the 23rd Psalm. And when David was writing this Psalm, evidently he was going through some major trials. He, he, he says it is walking through the darkest valley. If you were to go in a submersible seven miles down at the bottom of the Marianas Trench, okay, where there is 0% light that penetrates that depth, you would be in the darkest place on the planet where literally you would not be able to see an inch in front of your face. Picture that kind of darkness, and maybe some of you guys might be in that kind of darkness, where you don't even know what step to take because you, don't, you can't see. 
you can't see. But look at, this is what David does, and this is so cool. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, check this out. He says this, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. What David is doing is this. He's saying, yeah, I cannot see nothing right now. My life is all messed up. I, I'm, I'm in trouble. I'm pr pursued by the enemy. But this is what I'm doing. I command my heart not to be afraid. That I will focus on what I cannot see. But let me tell you this. I remember that God, your rod and your staff, protect and comfort me. You never left me or forsake me. So this is his revelation. David spent time with God every day. And he, Jesus and the Lord revealed himself to David. So when he went through the dark times, when he went to the dark valleys, he was able to glean from that and hold on to it and focus on that instead of his problems. And he said, no, I command my heart. No ways. I'm not going to be afraid. God has never failed me yet. And he never will. This is what David did. So you get a notice from the doctor, you get a call from the doctor, and it's not, not a good report, you know. Um, you hear that your company is downsizing. You may not have a job next week, you know. You find out maybe that you have to move and you don't have a place to live. All of these things will cause you anxiety and heart palpitations, and you, you'll start to focus on the problems. Then this is what we do. Once we see our problems, we try and figure it out with our own solutions, right? We think of this and this and make our elaborate plans and, and, and all these things, but we're still just operating on what we can see. We must take a step back and we must focus on what is unseen. We need the vision and the daily revelation of Jesus Christ every day. We gotta have that. We gotta have that. So fix your gaze on what is unseen. Fix your sights on Jesus, even when you cannot see any possible way out of the quagmire or the dilemma that you are in. Command your heart to focus on God for revelation and understanding. So we're gonna go to our one and only point tonight. And this is how we improve our vision. Um, and you improve your vision not by going to see an optometrist. No, 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 no. Did you guys hear the one about the bone doctor telling jokes with the eye doctor? The bone doctor was humorous, but the eye doctor was cornea. <laughs> oh, he's, he's a fly from attracted to the mode of that last joke. <laughs> Oh boy, okay, okay, okay. Main point, cling to God. Cling to God. Years ago, me and my best friend, Tad, we went fishing at Kapoho Lighthouse, Ulua fishing, nighttime fishing. Nice night, my friend caught one nice, I don't know, 67, 70 pound Ulua. So it was, you know, small game fishing. All of a sudden, out of the dark, comes this wall of water, smashes on like, we were on like at least a 25, 30 foot cliff. 
the water smash goes up about maybe 30 feet above the cliff, comes down and just slams us to the ground, slams us to the ground, okay? And me and my friend, because the water that was there was now receding back into the ocean, me and my friend was being pulled off that rock. We were being actually, it felt like, the strongest person was just yanking at our feet and pulling us toward the ocean. And me and my friend Tad, we went down and we clung to that rock so hard for our lives. We clung to it for our lives. To our, our fingers, it was all gaudy and bleeding. But I remember clinging to the rock like that. And this is how we must cling to God. Okay? Psalm 63, 6 to 8 says this. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night, because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. We must meditate day and night, not just reading, but meditating. I tell you this, Gabe. If you guys meditate on the whole gospel and the cross, yeah, every day, if you guys go to sleep, right before you go to sleep, you think about what Jesus Christ did on that cross, how he carried it, how he endured so much shame and ridicule, how his best friends abandoned him, you know, and if you meditate on those truths, that is Jesus revealing himself to you every day. And I tell you what, every time I think about the cross, it doesn't matter, it never gets old because it's amazing. It's amazing to think and meditate on God's word. All of Psalms 119, which is like 176 verses, longest chapter in the Bible, it's all about meditating on God's precepts, his, his laws, his truths. Bible says in Psalms, I will delight in the law of the Lord. I will meditate it and meditate on it day and night. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How are we to go throughout this world in the dark? You cling to this. You cling to God with all of your heart, all of your strength. You cling to him. Take the, take the advice of the ama crab that you see smashed against the rock, big waves smashing them. That ama crab, no move, right? He is clinging to the rock. He is immovable. That's how we must be. You know, I was a, I was a special ed teacher um, years ago, and I was also the Special Olympics coach at my school. Um, I had this sweet little girl, and she was completely blind. Not visually impaired, completely blind. And one of the events was a 30-yard dash, walk dash. And I was thinking, and she just wanted to participate, because the state games was in Honolulu, was at UH Manoa, and she just wanted to go. She wanted so much to participate. So um, I called up my area director because I didn't know how. I mean, how could she start the race, stay in her lane, and finish safely if she's completely blind, right? So they said, okay, you know what you got to do, John? 
you unrope, and you get two guys, you pull them tight, and you get one of those relay batons, you know, the relay batons, which is just a, just a cylinder, and you put it on the rope, and you pull the rope tight, and then you have your little girl, your student, hold on to the, the baton, ready, set, go, and she can go, and she'll stop, and she'll be safe. You can rest assured that if she clings to this baton, she'll be all right. She'll finish the race. And that she did. We went to Honolulu, and she finished the race, and the crowd just went wild, and she felt so good. It was an amazing experience. Well, tonight, um, I wanted to end with this same point in illustration. And fortunately, fortunately, we have, I have a former student here who is also a member of our church long time, many, many years. In fact, she used to come to the youth, I believe, um, way back, way back. And um, she's going to come up here and, and she's going to demonstrate that whole thing that I just shared about clinging to the baton. So, um, yeah, we can... Welcome up. This is Josie. Testing one, two. Okay. Sorry, this is Mary to her friend. She's always with Josie. Always with Josie. But if you observe Josie, you know, on Sundays when she's eating there or when she comes in here and when she worships, you will know that there is a great God. Yeah. Because what she displays is the love of Christ. And, and she does it so well. So... Josie's going to demonstrate this, okay? I'm going to say, ready, set, go. You go to the knot, and you turn around, and you come back, okay? Ready, Josie? Ready, set, go. Okay. Okay, Josie. Let's come to the center so everybody can see you, yeah? Okay, Josie, can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Were you scared when you did this exercise? No, I, because I was very safe clinging to the baton and clinging to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, um, I'm, I, I like to joke. I like to tell jokes. But this here is the Jedi master joke teller, man. So I promised her she's going to get to share one joke, okay? So she's going to tell us a joke. Okay, Josie, you ready? Okay, um, today I was eating an apple and an orange, and I thought of a joke. Um, what did the apple say to the orange? What, Josie? Let's make a pear. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank you, Josie. We appreciate you. Okay. Thank you so much. That was awesome. That was awesome. So, she, she illustrated the point better than I, I could have ever told you guys about this, is that we need to cling to God, and we will finish the race safely. We need to cling to Him. We need to experience His knowledge and understanding each and every day. So tonight, I, I encourage you guys to cling to God and to know that he loves you and you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Whatever you're going through, you will be okay. You cling to the word of God. You cling to Jesus for dear life. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you so much for this evening. We thank you for your word and the daily vision and revelation that you give us, Lord. Lord, for some of us here or online who have never experienced you revealing yourself to them, if that is you and you feel not just a tug on your heart, but maybe you feel like your heart is being wrecked with a with a with a hammer because you don't know what's going on well i tell you what's going on is the holy spirit is revealing christ to you now in whatever place that you may be in and i know there's a lot of young people teenage children in this room this evening if the holy spirit is tugging at your heart if you are beginning for the first time in your life to experience this reckless, incomprehensible, amazing love for you, then ask him into your heart and begin your daily walk with Jesus Christ. So if that is you, just repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I admit that. I need you. I need a Savior. I believe that you died on the cross, and on the third day, you rose again. And one day, you will be coming back. I believe this. This I believe. And right now, I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. Live in my heart. For the rest of us who may be going through difficult times, I pray in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would have given you vision this evening, that Jesus Christ would have revealed himself to you, that you would be encouraged to cling to God, that every day it's a non-negotiable appointment that you will spend some time with Jesus Christ. We thank you. God and we thank you Holy Spirit we praise you in the precious mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ Amen right. thank you everybody um, if that was you for the first time you received the Lord please uh, hit 
whatever it is on the internet thingy. But <laughs> I don't know what the kind of stuff. I couldn't even figure out the phone, remember? <laughs> but uh, read the book of John. Read the gospel of John if, this is, if you're brand new to, to, to the faith. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. Please join us on Sunday, 7, 8.30, and 10. Aloha. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs>